0: This is the word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be
1: blessed. To you, Lord, be all glory. Glory.
0: To you, Lord, be all glory.
1: If I want to be really kind, I'll keep you standing, and then we'll preach together and we'll sing as we feel like, but if I want to be, I don't know, I like being myself, which is very unpredictable, and um, you can sit down, but we can sing from there, right? Okay, so I just want to maximize the time. So that's why I'm trying to do this. Otherwise, I do like to worship and to praise. But we'll move on and we'll move together. All right. God bless you. Father, Lord, we bless you. Father, we give you praise. Father, we exalt your name. Father, we testify that you are God. I testify that you are my God. I stand before... All of these people, Father, and I testify that I am absolutely nothing, but that the greater one lives on the inside of me, and that everything that the world sees is what you have made of this vessel by yourself for your own glory. I testify that I am a totally submitted vessel in your hands, and that all that you wish and you have ordained will be done in this day that you will do. That every life that you have an appointment with today, that you will meet them at the point of their need. That at the end of the day, Lord, your name will be glorified and established in this house. That indeed it shall be said of this house, see what the Lord their God has done. What you have done for them. That they as a whole household shall be as a wonder to many. For they will behold your glory in their midst. I thank you, Father, because I know that I have utterance. I know, Father, that every time I open my mouth, that you would fill it with your word. I know that my tongue is like the tongue of a ready writer. I know, Father, that I will speak the right words to the weary, the encouragement to those who are discouraged, that, Father, through me, Lord, you will open the eye of the blind here today, that today, Lord, Father, you will bring wisdom to those who have no understanding. That you will give understanding to those who have no And you will give hope to those who have no hope. That you will show yourself in a way they have never seen you before. That at the end of the day they will know that they have been to the house of the Lord. And that you alone, you are the one they have met with. Thank you Father. Because I know that your name shall be lifted up. In Jesus name I have prayed. Amen. Please be seated. Amen. I'd like to thank the pastor and his beautiful wife, who is my colleague at First Bank. That's where I am most honored. You know, it's, um, it's easy to ask people to come to your church and come to your pulpit. But it's always a gamble. Because at the end of the day, you are accountable to God for real lives. Not imaginary lives. For real people. One wrong word can send somebody in the wrong direction. You could undo all the work of many years that this man and his wife would have done in this house just by coming here and saying whatever it is that you think you should say that is not in line with the word of God or the will of God. So I don't take the pulpit of any house of God for granted. It's not a right, it's a privilege. And more than anything else, every human being that sits to listen, have come not for a man, but they've come to listen to God in you. You can pretend that God is speaking when he has not spoken. Imagine the damage you will do to the biggest treasures that God has, his people. Because God's best investment and biggest investment on the face of the earth are his people. Everything. They're so precious to him to the point that he could send his son in the form of a man to come and die and suffer in the hands of people that without saying a word, he could have them totally destroyed. But he allowed himself to be humiliated, disgraced, punished, beaten, everything, just so he could save his biggest treasure, man. So in case you have no idea who you are, In case you have no understanding of how important you are. In case you have no sense of the treasure that you are. I want you to know today that you are important enough for God to send his son. But more than that, every plot and plan of God upon the face of the earth is hidden in men. Because God is not going to come physically to achieve anything every portion of his agenda and his plan, he has split into portions that are called your callings and he has assigned it to individual children. The totality of God's plan is the combination of the assignments upon the life of every single child. Which means if you know anything about a jigsaw, if you have one piece missing from his space, The whole picture is distorted. That's how important you are. Because if you are missing from your own post. If you fail to fulfill your own purpose. If you refuse to answer your own call. If you do not respond to your own assignment. You create a problem for the total assignment. And sadly. When you look at a jigsaw puzzle. Every piece touches other pieces at different points. Which means, what you do or what you don't do has an influence or impact on other people around you. That's why you can't afford not to manifest. You cannot afford not to deploy the treasure of God, the portion of his total treasure, that is hidden in you. I say to people, I compete with no one. I'm running my race. My race. As the Lord has assigned it to me. Some people say, oh, You're going to give yourself. You're running. You're doing too many things. I just laugh. To you is many. To me, I was equipped to do that which I am called to do. Capacity and grace has been given as it has been given to you. But you will never know how much grace and capacity has been given to you until you step. Every time you take a step in line with the assignment and the call, that which you need will come upon you. That's where your faith comes in. Because it's a journey of faith. First, you believe that God is who he says that he is. Then you accept that you are indeed his treasure. And that within this earthen vessel, there is God's hidden treasure that must be revealed. And that that everything that you need to deliver on the assignment he has given to you, he has already provided. But She asked me a question when we were waiting in the office. Did you ever think about where you are now? So I said to her, how? How do you sit as a young girl and decide, you know what? I am indeed going to be the first female chair of a bank that is 124 years old. Even though they've never had a female. Even though my father doesn't own one share there. Even though I don't come from... My father is not a president, a governor, or a multi-billionaire that's bought up everything and all of that, and so I can just walk in it. Even though I just come from a middle-class household, where what they give you in a middle-class house is what? A good education. They teach you the difference between right and wrong, and they send you out to make your way. Even though I told myself when I was starting my first business between the ages of 25 and 26 that I will never sleep with a man to get a job, nor will I ever pay a bribe to anyone on account of my business. And it seemed like a perfect formula for me to fail. How do I then sit and imagine that at 55, as a matter of fact, became chairman at 52, and the youngest chair they've ever had at First Bank, apart from being the first female, And more than that, I don't belong to any cult or any power brokerage group or anything. I only belong to Jesus. And I'm not afraid or ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Because people say, you can't sit in some places if you don't belong to some places. Yeah. If you don't belong to where I belong, you can't sit anywhere. The faith is your ability to believe God and take him at his word. What is faith? Believing those things that are not as if they it's a future not yet revealed, but hidden in a God that can be trusted. It's a future that no one Yeah, so they're prophets. They foretell some things, but the Bible says what? We're receiving what? So even the best of the prophets only has an idea. He will never have a picture. The full picture of who you are, who I am, what my future holds, is in the hand of the man who created it, and who protects and watches over it, and who reveals it to me. A day at a time. She asked me, what does your day look like? I said, I live by the day. It depends on what that day is meant to be. It's true. So today I knew I had to come here. And from here I have a meeting with some international group around here. And I knew that if I attempted to get into my day, because traffic is so unpredictable and everything... I cannot be sure what will happen. That will be out of my control. So I took all my meetings at home and stayed in one place. Did not go to any offices, so I will not get locked into something. And at 4 o'clock, I told my team, okay, let's leave for Kedja." As it turned out, because I hate traffic. As it turned out, traffic, there was traffic. But we were here by after five. So you were my business for today, and in planning for that, I had to restructure what my days. I told her tomorrow morning I need to be at Cadbury for a meeting. I'm on the board of Cadbury, so it's at nine. It means that I've got to. I've left Leckie by seven thirty. So each day is different. Look, your life is an adventure, and when you're going on an adventure. You have to have faith. Why? Because the path of an adventure is filled with surprises. You can never totally prepare or know what it would entail. You will discover new things every day. Why? Because why do you need to know that there's a monster in the corner before you have conquered the ants? When you finish conquering the ant, you gain some confidence. Then you will rejoice and move on. And then you get to a place where you need to conquer a rat. You've conquered the ant before. When you get to the rat, it looks big. But then, you muster courage. And you fight and you win that victory. Courage and confidence comes. And you say, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. And you dance and you move on like there are no more troubles. And then all of a sudden there's a cat waiting there. It's bigger than the rat. Can consume the rat, but it's your next issue to deal with. But then you remind yourself. You know the Bible says we encourage ourselves in the Lord. You will remind yourself, that. Isn't it God that helped me to defeat the ant? And then I defeated the rat? It's a cat. Hey, it's big. Boss, my God, is bigger. She would take on the cat. And that becomes your biggest victory for the moment. And it looks like, wow. You know, one of the questions I laugh at most is when people say, what's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? I'm like, biggest challenge? I haven't faced it yet. Why? Because I don't know what's waiting for me tomorrow. So I don't dwell on challenges or troubles or failures, because I don't even know what failure means. I just know I've done something that didn't work out as I thought it should, not maybe as God planned that it will. And that in that place, there's something for me to take. And the question I need to ask myself is, what is my lesson in this place, because it's never over until it's over, and the only time it's over is when I'm buried so there's nothing like failure people, you a complex about things that mean nothing it didn't work one way so so I'm going to do it 10 different other ways, yes, you will find 10 different ways that it doesn't work that's knowledge, that's power that's information What do you do with it? You apply it to the next challenge. The biggest gift of your life is that if you know who you are in Christ as a child of God, then you will understand the power of faith because it means that you are unafraid because you can dare to believe God for anything. That's what faith is. Believing God for anything. The Bible says they that know their God. They shall be strong. And they will do exploits. The ability to believe God for the impossible. Is what pushes you to dare to do the impossible to man. And if 10,000 people will run away from doing it. And you dare because. Your confidence is in a God that nobody can see you. But you see him in your heart. You feel him in your heart. He spoke to you yesterday. You heard but you did not believe. Because you ignored. And a short while after. Something of you. Ah. Remember. That was the Holy Spirit and I did not realize it. The next time. Even if you are not sure if it is him. You will try it out. A step at a time. That is what makes life fun. Fun. When people say, will you retire? I don't know how you will retire. Because you can't retire from God. And He can use you at any point in your life. My father became a Christian two months to his 60th birthday. Having been a Muslim and an allergy all his life. It's true. My father is the grandchild of the first allergy in the city of Ibadan. He comes from what you call Islamic royalty. So the thought of him accepting Christ, and he did that because we had become Christians. I had become Christians, and my siblings followed me. And somehow one day, God gave us a miracle. And this, my father, that the thought of him in church was just not on the table. We invited him for Father's Day to humor us. He came. And then God spoke. Pastor Taiwo, who is my pastor and something caught his attention and he left with questions but never told us never asked us but thereafter he started sneaking to the church he will come late so that we will not see him and go and sit at the back because he wanted to hear more it doesn't matter who you are what you know, who you think you are what society whatever position they have attached to you when god is ready for you you have no place of escape my father kept coming we never saw him he kept listening a sunday at a time and one day my pastor we, we had a section in church then that people that just speak Yoruba, and I used to stand there and interpret whatever my pastor was saying to the people in one corner. And then, all of a sudden, one day, they made the altar call. I was busy backing the altar, facing my interpretation people. And my father was the first to come out. And then after my own people started coming out, and I turned. I'm like, ah, no, can't be, no, not possible, ah, no, 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 eh, my father. That's how he gave his life. And so we went to him after, daddy, what happened? He said, eh, of course he used Shakara for us. He said, eh, you know, there was something the young man said on that day, and I was curious. So I've been coming, you just didn't see me, I'm like, eh. Come here. He said, I always come late. Today I came too late that there was no space where I would normally go, and they brought me inside. And that's when it got to a point that something told him, What more do you want to be told before you believe? At that point, he knew the answer. And so he stepped out and gave his life. It was two months to his 60th birthday. And my father is a dangerous person in the sense that. He can't dare anybody. And he knew he was about to go to war by doing that. But his 60th birthday, he decided he was having having a service in church. That was the biggest war of my family. Because his entire family in Ibadan went to war. But he didn't care. And since then, he hasn't looked back. My father is 85 now. And he was the oldest usher at Fountain, serving as an usher till age 78. He actually fell down in church and had a stroke in church. But he would stand for all the hours that he took to serve as an usher. All I'm saying to you is this. Faith is that choice to walk with a God that you cannot see but that is worthy to be trusted on a day-by-day basis. Just make it simple for yourself. Take him a day at a time at his word. And know that if he has promised you, he will keep that word. I can tell you that. Some days, some things will not work out. But it doesn't matter. Guess what? The things you think have not worked out today are working out for you. In a way you do not yet understand. And at the time that is appropriate. Everything will come together. And work for your good. One of my most favorite scriptures. When I'm in the midst of the storm. I always look the storm in eye and say. You are working for me. Every single thing around me. At any time, I don't care what language you speaking. Because the word of God says all things work together for my good. Every single thing has got to be working for me. Do I understand it? Do I care to understand it? Because the Bible says some things have not been given to me to understand. I'll be their mysteries unto God and unto God alone. Why do I want to understand what God has not chosen for me to understand? He can carry the trouble all by himself. I'm happy to take the victory. So the one I don't understand, I do not allow confusers around me. Because I will not allow people to confuse me. You know, your life, you choose your influencers. The people who speak into your life. You are the one that makes the choice of who they are. Nobody else. The people you permit around you. You can be friends with everybody. Hello, oh, hello, how are you? That's fine. That's being sociable. Good morning, sir. How are you? The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but what? But love. So that's why you should be with everyone. Me, I have a friend everywhere. From the beggar to the cleaner to the... Everybody is my friend. But however, only some people can speak into my life. And I'm deliberate about who they are. I'm deliberate about who my friends are that can speak to me, considering any situation, because you might be my friend, but I know your capacity, I know your thoughts and your ways, and if you are not going to be an encourager and a strength in the things that I hold there, you will not have the power of influence in my life. Cause me onifara Those who can understand what others will call inordinate ambition in Christ. I can believe God for anything. Why? The Bible tells me that what? All things are what? Ah, except if God has become a liar. Me, you know, I came from being a Muslim to being a Christian. So I'm a literary believer. God says it, that's what it means. I don't find interpretations. I take it. As he says it is, I let him interpret it in this situation. I'm not trying to help God. Because how? Where? From where? He has total capacity by himself. What you need, how big can what you want be? Compared to the how many billion people are on the face of the earth. Yet he rules in the life of every single human being. And he still runs the universe. So why am I going to trouble myself about the trouble that someone has capacity to carry and has chosen to carry it? All I need to be is to be his child. I'm in covenant with him. I'm a covenant child of God. The covenant compelled God to act on my behalf. That's just the word of God. The Bible tells me that he's a covenant keeping God. And through the blood of Jesus, I moved from being a Muslim girl to being a covenant child of Jehovah by the blood that was shed on the cross. Pure and simple. Totally uncomplicated. Christianity is simpler than we just complicate it. God says, I'm his child. I'm his child. Omo baba, leninche. If I know that my father owns the whole world, nobody can tell me that there's no space, that there's one space I cannot occupy. True. Because the Bible tells me wherever the soles of my feet shall touch. Jehovah has given it to me for a possession. If I'm chasing something and I enter your office, if you look at me well, if I'm wearing a shoe that I can slip my feet out of, I would touch your floor with my, with the soles of my feet. And I would declare, because the Bible says, wherever the soles of my feet shall touch, the Lord has given it to me for a possession. She might not know, but when I walk into First Bank every time I'm in the building, hey, My staff in my office, no. They follow me in, but they go out and shut my door. Because I will take authority. Why? I'm a child of God. I have come in the name of the Father. I do not take anything for granted. I do not take my assignment as ordinary and a physical assignment, no. Because the spiritual rules the physical. And I stand and I decree and I declare that you have sent me here for a reason. No matter what I see, that reason will be fulfilled. Because you are God in this place. I have given... The first day officially that I became chairman, 1st of January 2016, they probably never had anybody do it before, but I don't follow anybody's rule. I follow God's rule. I went to the bank... With a few of my friends, my prayer team. And from the ground floor of the bank, they probably gisted amongst themselves in the bank. Me, I don't care. Took my Bible and took my anointing oil. And my friends and I, from the reception on the ground floor, we walked around and declared what I, the receptionist and security I said, I only brought the Bible oh no medicine oh nothing. All. And we walked around and I declared and took authority. Because I do not take it for granted that I have this assignment. Why? Because I believe the entirety of my life is for the service of the Lord. And therefore, I am on assignment for Jehovah, but in a corporate organization. And that his own purpose will be fulfilled. And that he will equip and empower me to do that which he proposes, which I don't necessarily know or understand. But that must be fulfilled. And we prayed and anointed, and walked through the lift all the way to the twelfth floor, where my office is, and went into the room that is supposed to be my office, and then soaked the entire building from top to bottom with the word of God and declarations. And I went into the boardroom and knelt at the head of the table where I will sit as chair and say, Lord, agani imofunye me. I will sit there as your vessel. But you will rule and reign in this place. Listen to me. Don't be foolish. What you have, money cannot buy. You are a covenant child of God as long as you are born again. Your ability to understand, comprehend, and to walk in it is what separates you from the crowd. The world is filled with people. But a covenant child of God... It's not part of the crowd. Why? Because you are a carrier of a portion of God's purpose and plan in the midst of this world. And you have an obligation to deliver on it. You will arise and you will fulfill the mandate of God upon your life. The Bible said, It is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runeth, but of Jehovah that will show you mercy. Mercy as you move. Because he knows what he has called you to. But you have no capacity to carry everything that you need for the assignment of your life in one day. At every stage, that which is necessary is deployed. When the Lord called Abraham, who did he know that God was? Where did he know that God was taking him to? What did he do? He answered in faith. And started a journey of faith with a God he had not seen. Different from the God of his fathers. But he dared to believe him. And went on a journey to a place he did not know where. That's what God has called you to. You are like Abraham. He has called you on a journey that you really don't know. Because when she asked me, do you know, did you ever see yourself here? How could I? But every day as I walk with God and I dare to believe him, I will see more of me that I'm yet to know. Because the me you see now, that's story, my attitude is, been there, done, that. no news. What's new? So yesterday has gone. Today I believe whatever I have already done doesn't count anymore to me. What am I looking forward to? The next thing that God is about to reveal. So if anybody thinks, Oh, you've achieved so much in your life, I'm like, Yeah, right. I'm only fifty five. If I live till eighty, will my advancing in life stop at fifty five? What does that tell you? I haven't achieved nothing. It's true. It just means except if I say God is done, is he done? The Bible tells me the glory of the latter shall be greater than the former. It's the word of God. It's not my word. That already tells you that whatever has happened, that's past tense now. Chairman of you here's the story. The question is, what next? Where next? Where do you want us to go to next? What do you want us to do next? You cannot stop expecting this your life is an adventure and the beauty of it is when you go on an adventure people will tend to trust their guide right if you go to disneyland and all of that sometimes you pay for a guide someone will take you through and tell you how to enjoy all oh that's fine but guess who your guide is your guy doesn't tell you everything every day from the beginning to the end no, even if he gives you an idea of the end who fills the gap in between that you have to discover by faith as well you know, I planned to do this differently but the one thing I'm good at it's just following God. That's the one thing I'm good at. I always say, I remember I found myself in a situation with someone one day and I said to the person, Ah, I'm a dummy woe. That's Ajituni or For those of you who don't understand that, he says nobody should ever try me. Why? My life is a mystery. Hidden in Christ alone. Even I, don't understand half of it. I just follow him. That's what you're meant to be. You're supposed to be a mystery to people because they look at you this way now and they think they know you. You show up here. Why? Because your God is a God that cannot be decoded by man. Only as he reveals himself day by day. But the onus is on you to believe him. I know your theme says faith, family, and finances. But guess what? All those two will come out of one. If you have a clear understanding of one, you will understand the purpose for your family. How many singles are in the house? Okay, I'm in the right place. Listen to me. want to sit down (laughs) thank you don't worry your spouse is a key success factor in your life don't be stupid don't make a mistake don't marry the wrong guy or the wrong girl rich and handsome Cool and all of that. That's rubbish. Because the most handsome guy today, slim and tall and elegant, feed him a little, you see.
0: <laughs>
1: so he's nice and slim. The suit sits well on him. Let his wife do some damage. All the experiments that she'll do in the kitchen will land. He's the waste ground. And then soon enough... and he's getting into his 30s you didn't think that he could ever go bald all of a sudden we're looking for or to pay to put there his father is rich so you want to marry into this big family they're big by the time and the season that you're evaluating them how do you know they will not be the criminals of tomorrow Because by the time EFCC shows up or whatever is equivalent at a stage, they become the family nobody wants to belong to. But you have married them for the reasons that you thought was there. Oh, the boy's father is rich, so they have a big wedding. They didn't have it for you. They have big, expensive wedding for themselves to impress their friends that they have money. Not you. They are just the excuse for it. It's not for you. So they give you plenty of presents. Okay. Even if they give you 50 cars, they'll all age at the same time. 50 brand new cars. In four years, all the 50 cars are old. Because there's a new model every year. 2019 Range Rover is already out in 2018. So how do you keep up? Oh, they've given you this big house. Okay. The house is fine on day one. But guess what keeps it going? Cash flow. The guy could get the house from his father or his father's friend or whatever, but if he can't generate his own cash flow to keep it running, you're going to suffer. He has to go to his father to pay school fees for his children, you're already in trouble. So that cannot count. What does family represent for you? Your support system. Your circle of influence. The man who will speak into your life and have the greatest impact. The guy who will tell you you're so beautiful and joy will well up in your heart. And the guy who, if you are so beautiful, looks at you and says, Kilo dalare, You will look at yourself in the mirror and you will see a very ugly woman. Even though you're the most beautiful woman in the world. An influencer. The woman that will look at you and say you are useless. And even though you are smart and sharp when you get outside. that you are useless, you are useless will ring in your head. You will never feel adequate. You feel inadequate. So don't be stupid. Your spouse... Or the guy you choose to marry or the girl you choose to marry. It's not an emotional, I feel like there's fire in my heart. Let the fire die out. Go and drink water. (laughs) It is the most important decision of your life. If you marry at 25 and you live till 70, that's 45 years of your life that this person will speak into your life. Affect it one way or the other. Build it or destroy it. See, somebody killed somebody last week. We don't know the story, but that was someone that seemed like her life was together. Now, one life destroyed, second life destroyed, two lives destroyed, and many lives impacted. Choosing your partner is a deliberate decision. It's an objective decision. You must know who you are, have a sense, because you will never really know all about who you are. But you'll have a sense of who you are and where you think you're going. If she has ambition to become the MD of First Bank and she married pastor who wants the wife at the door at five o'clock with dinner ready, everything set on the table, she already married the wrong guy. Why? They will never agree. Because they want two different things. There's nothing wrong with him wanting a wife that will be ready with dinner and everything, or waiting at the door to take his bag and his coat. But if she married a teacher. So that when school closes, maybe at 2 o'clock. Are you not even teachers now? When school closes at 2, they go and do what? Uh Aha. So I don't even know which one they will marry now. It's true. You must have a sense of where you're going. Who God has called you to be. And no matter how attractive or good you think that guy is to you and all the packaging, just realize that there's fire on the mountain if you don't have enough wisdom to strategically consider the reality. Because, guess what? If you marry the right guy, who is your encourager, your support, your strength? He might not have everything on day one. But who are you that knows tomorrow? Which one amongst you can tell where the guy sitting in front of you, where he will be in two years' time? God has not given it to you. You can have a sense, which is why you pray, and you also objectively consider, girls, especially to the girls, we pretend not to see what we see. We create the picture of what we want to see and we see it when it doesn't exist. We think we're God because we can change this guy to become what we want him to be. How are you God? Your husband or your wife will make you or break you, destroy you or help to build you. It's not an emotional decision. You pray until you're clear about God, but even as you do that, you must be honest about what you see. You know, when I got married on my 28th birthday, I already had a factory. I had, I think, 28 men working for me. My husband was a petroleum engineer working in NNPC. To all intents and purposes, it looked like I was successful and on my way to being more successful. And my husband was a civil servant working for government in a professional capacity. To some people, I was being silly marrying a guy like that. If that, there's some big, rich guy that would fit me better. Better know yourself. Me, I know Mio. And me, I knew that the only guy that can deal with me, my personal dreams, ambitions, and drive is a guy who is self-assured, confident, and who loves the me that I am, who loves my ambition and has no fears whatsoever of what he thinks I will be. So imagine me then to me now, I've been married for 28 years. To the same guy. But the me he married, that they thought was she, ambitious, driven, too smart for her own good, intimidate boys with my intelligence, and all of that. How can he even add that to the me that I am now? But I knew he was the guy who could deal with me. So, I can tell you for sure, my husband can offend me, but he can never offend me. Why? I've forgiven him in advance. Because just for giving me the gift of love that allows me to be myself, that's the best gift he could ever give me. And, excuse me, my husband did not allow me to fulfill your assignment. It's not an acceptable excuse in heaven. My wife is the reason I failed to deploy the portion of your picture that you hid in me. God will not listen. Why? You are responsible for working out your own faith. And you have free will to make the final choice of who you marry. But I'm saying to you make a smart choice. Don't let the colorful things distract you. As I say to girls, you can make your own money if it's about money. And if you make your own money in a house, it's not about who's money. Because when the Bible says the two is one, God didn't make mathematical error. Money is nothing. Which is the finance part of it. Your attitude to it Will make or destroy you. Except you rule money, it will rule you and destroy you. Unfortunately, most people worship money and they don't rule it. What is money worth? Only what you can do with it. On its own is nothing. If you are hungry and you fill this entire church with dollars, eat it now. There's no food to buy, but there's just money. Will you still not be hungry? It's useless in that moment. You are naked. This room is still filled with dollars. There's needle and thread, but there's no cloth to buy. You can stitch the money together and make your garment. Once you step out of the door, what will happen? They will tear the dollars off you now. <laughs> if you are mad enough to make it into a garment, someone will walk past you and take some quickly and run away. They'll go and use cellotape to put it back together and go and change it with the malam. If you're really, really sick with a terminal disease, but you have all the money in the world and there's no cure, sleep on your money. And let's see if he heals you. Go and ask a woman waiting for the fruit of the womb for 20 years. But who has all the money in the world. And has gone through every IVF in the world. And has not yet been blessed. The true value of money. She will tell you it's nothing. Live in a mansion. With a man that makes your life miserable. But buys you all the diamonds and the gold swap. And has everything you need around you. But gives you no joy or pleasure whatsoever. And you will find how distasteful that palace will become. Worse than a prison. Money is a tool. It is meant to be used to achieve other things. In itself, it is nothing. That's why you must know what is important and not replace unimportant things with what is important. You make money by doing what you do well and by working in the will of God and the purpose of God for your life. If you're a business person, your focus, if you're producing a product, is to deliver an excellent product. When you deliver an excellent product supported by good service, you will sell enough And you will make money. But if you have all the money in the world. And build the best factory. Buy state of the art machines. Because your father is rich. And you don't know how to manage. All the factors of production together. And you come out with rubbish. That business will soon pack up. It's not about the money. You cannot give your wife joy. Because you have money. You can buy her things. But you know, what you don't have looks valuable. Once you have it, it depreciates. The value is nothing. So when people want this. I just laugh. Oh, you're so lucky. You travel so much. Please, would you like to sit on the plane a few more times and let me sleep on my bed? Because even first class is not comfortable enough. But to the person who is waiting to travel, it looks like great excitement. After a while, you hate the airport. Self, I'm always wishing I could just close my eyes and arrive at destination. I love seeing the world without the travel. <sighs> this is the problem. Once it's an evening thing, there's never enough time. I'm trying to pour my heart out to you because I want you to take the substance and run with it. God deserves your faith. Let nothing and no one cost you to question him. There are thousands of years of his testimonies, of his track record, of his performance, his evidence-based assertion. I'm a science graduate. I know when I walk into the lab, I walk in with questions. When I come out, I come out with conclusions based on facts of what I prove in the lab. Even if you think you haven't experienced God yet, you have heard enough of his miracles, and of his wonders. You have seen your neighbor. You have read the stories. And sure enough, you slept last night and woke up this morning. That's enough evidence. Because some people slept and didn't wake up. Some of you just got married, and in nine months you had a baby. Some people have spent millions of dollars searching for the same thing. Some just have their, their whole head is filled with air. And some are spending how much, girls? <laughs> just to look like they have it. Look at the simple things around you. Listen to the birds when they chip. Watch the plants you go by come out blooming. Watch the miracle of a child's laughter. Wonder about how a man and a woman have fun time together and then there's a life produced. It's a miracle. Just think. Don't make it complicated. Keep it simple. And nobody will ever be able to convince you or confuse you about God and who he is. And then you will find that you will do incredible things. Because you will move with a simple heart of faith. Just a simple heart of faith. God deserves your trust. Once you can believe him, every other thing will follow and you listen and you submit you will marry the right guy or the right girl and you will have faith together and you will wait for him and for his time you not push your husband to go and commit fraud at work just so he can buy your neighbor's kind of car for you not because you want your husband to be happy with you will you go and steal from the bank and bring money out. The things I have seen. You don't want to know. What lack of faith in God can cause you to do. If you'll be scared. But we are covenant children of God. Never forget that. Covenant is the key word. It means God owes it to you. To move on your behalf. Remember those people that faked as if they came from a far land and went to Joshua and pretended like, you know, they were from very, very far place and got into covenant with him. And when they found themselves in the place of war, Joshua had no, no choice because they were in covenant, but to arise with the army of Israel and fight their enemy on their behalf every time there's an army encamped against you, the whole of the army of heaven on account of covenant rises on your behalf. That is the truth. You know, there's a part of the Bible. that like says every strategy that they have shall be thwarted. Even the Bible talks strategy. Every plot, every plan shall be totally thwarted. Every plot and plan they have, they will not be able to execute. Why? Because God is with you. On the basis of what? Covenant. Guys, only thing you cannot do is what you do not want to do. Only place you cannot get to is where you dare not to believe God to get you to. I didn't come here to tell you we would get everybody here to the same place on the same day at the same time. Remember where I started from. The portion of his agenda that is hidden in each and every one of you is different. It's your personal journey. Whatever I have is because it's required for what I have been called to. Whatever I know is because it is needed for where my assignment requires me to go. What is your assignment? Where have you been called to? What do you need? And it's not about where you start from. Because it doesn't matter where we start from. From one bedroom with a family of ten, it's irrelevant. From a mansion and a palace with everything else, it's irrelevant. I have seen many children of rich people become wretched. Some even sell their father's goods for peanuts. Haven't you wondered? Ikoye has never been full. Ask yourself. The land mass of Ikoye has never really increased. Okay, they did Park View, They have all this small like shoreline and all of that. But different generation of people have lived in Ikoye. Some people that thought they were landlords of Ikoye and lived there for 20 years when their fathers were permanent secretary, this one, that one. They can't smell it. They can't afford it. Maybe they live somewhere far off and all of that now. Why? Worlds will continue to change. Times and seasons. As the Lord wills. So never consider you, where you are now, as who you are. You are who God says you are. And where you are now is the portion of who you are now is the portion of who God says you are that has been revealed the rest of you is yet to be revealed but do you have the heart to believe God to drive him to move his hand to action on your behalf and cause the doors of the earth to open for you God is not a partial god is your god As he is my God. And each and every one of us has a portion of God that we must reveal. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you because I know you are faithful. I thank you for your children. I thank you for every man and every woman that is in this house. I thank you because I know you never, ever, ever make a mistake. I thank you because I know that every seed you have planted, without a doubt, will return the harvest. I thank you, Lord, because every seed will be fruitful. I thank you for every life that is here. I thank you for understanding and for knowledge. I thank you, Lord, for personal revelation of your assignment upon their lives. I thank you, Lord, as you would take them from wherever they are right now to where they need to be next. And that in this journey of moving and walking with you, Lord, that you will grant them grace and understanding, that you will line their path with their destiny helpers, as many as you have called to hold their hand and lift them to the next place, that at the end of their days it shall be said that indeed they have completed their assignment. Even as I surrender myself, Lord, and I declare that even concerning me, Lord, I will finish this assignment, Father, as they will, and your name shall be glorified. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.